and what's going on guys, Alex here and today I would like to talk to you about digital and usual minimalism and before we begin I would like to ask a few simple questions. First of all, how much did you know about minimalism before this episode? Where comes the interest to the subject? And finally, have you had an idea of implementing minimalism? to your daily life, including digital minimalism. So this episode will provide some intel on uh, what digital minimalism and usual minimalism essentially is, where to find relevant information, what books to read, what videos to watch, and also I will share some of my personal experiments with digital minimalism. And so results up front, uh, the main question is whether you should implement digital minimalism and usual minimalism to your everyday life. So essentially, if you are comfortable with your current way of living, do not try to change that works. Otherwise, minimalism can reduce anxiety and add some order into your everyday life. So consider subscribing to the podcast and leaving a 5-star rating. See you next time. And for the rest of you who decided to stay, welcome and let's begin. Obviously, any research begins with some research papers and some journals with some articles about the subject. And talking about minimalism, I have found five quite interesting uh, journals, quite interesting articles according to the subject of minimalism. So, first of all, minimalism can improve well-being. Such statement can be found in a study published in the journal Personality and Individual Indifferences. They found that people who score high on measures of minimalism tend to report higher levels of well-being, happiness and life satisfaction. Also, minimalism can reduce stress, because a study published in the Journal of Environmental Psychology found that reducing clutter in their home can lead to a reduction in stress levels and an increase in well-being. Also, minimalism is more common among young generations. Based on a survey conducted by the marketing firm JWT Intelligence, they have found that millennials are more likely to be interested in minimalism than previous generations. Also, minimalism can have environmental benefits. A study published in the journal Sustainability found that adopting a minimalist lifestyle can reduce resource consumption and carbon emissions, which can have a quite positive environmental impact. Also, minimalism is often associated with certain values. Uh, for example, study published in the journal Psychology and Marketing found that people who practice minimalism tend to place high value on self-expression, authenticity, and social responsibility. So, after selling you minimalism, including digital minimalism as well, I suppose we can now talk about what minimalism is uh, existentially. So, essentially, what is minimalism and what are its core principles? So, first of all, minimalism is a lifestyle. A lifestyle that involves simplifying your life by reducing your possessions, focused on experiences and relationship, and eliminating anything that doesn't add value to your life. And essentially it's about living intentionally and mindfully, with a focus on what truly matters. If we're talking about core principles, I suppose, then we can uh, find something like uh, the following seven. So first of all would be intentionality, simplification, mindfulness, quality over quantity, sustainability, gratitude, and focus on people and relationships. So broadening the statement, so intentionality, essentially it's being deliberate about your things that you own, about uh, experiences you pursue, and so on. Simplification, it's pretty simple. It's eliminating unnecessary possessions, commitments, and distractions that make uh, room for what's important, what's truly important for your life. Talking about mindfulness, that's being present in the moment and fully engaged in your experiences. Talking about quality over quantity, it would be prioritizing high-quality items and experiences over a large 
quantity of lower quality ones. Sustainability, as you may have already guessed, is that living in a way that minimizes your impact on the environment and supports a more sustainable future. Gratitude, that would be that being thankful for what you already have and cultivating a sense of contentment with what you need, rather than constantly striving for more. And last but not least, focus on people and relationships, that would be prioritizing relationships with loved ones, fostering community and connecting with others on a deeper level. But why minimalism has become more popular in recent years? For that there are lots of factors, but uh, the main five would be overconsumption, environmental concerns, mental health, social media influence and financial concerns. So talking about overconsumption, which is number one, because uh, as consumer culture has become more persuasive, many people have begun to feel overwhelmed in the sheer amount of stuff in their lives, and this has led to a growing interest in minimalism as a way to simplify and declutter their life and their apartment. And talking about environmental concerns, uh, environmental concerns are very, very popular in the left wing, but also it is very popular because of uh, it's uh, quite trendy lately, and with growing awareness uh, of the impact of consumerism on the environment, many people are turning to minimalism as a way to reduce waste and to live a more sustainable lifestyle. So for example, you may find right now uh, zero waste shops where there are no packages, so essentially you are buying something uh, in your own multi-use package, so something like jars, something like uh, tote bags and so on. And uh, by doing that, you, you not only reduce waste, but you also reduce uh, the waste which is needed to deliver some good to you. So essentially, you do not need to put a bread into a one-time-use package, so some plastic package. You can deliver this bread uh, over a big pallet, and the people then will buy it and put it in their own bag. So essentially, you're excluding the package from the, from the definition, from, uh, from the fact, and so by doing that, essentially what's going on, you are reducing amount of uh, waste on every step of the processing of the creation of any good you like. Also, if we're talking about, uh, still talking about why minimalism became popular, then mental health, because fast-paced, high-stress nature of modern life has led many people to seek out ways to simplify and reduce stress. Minimalism provides a way to focus on what's truly important and eliminate unnecessary stressors, because, uh, as lots of researchers show, uh, for many people, anxiety, uh, so-called chose anxiety, uh, are starting to begin when they have to choose between uh, lots of uh, opportunities. So, for example, if you would have only two opportunities, like, for example, would you like to buy white chocolate or black chocolate? So, in that case, you have only two options, and so you are choosing and uh, your choice is uh, much more easier than uh, if we would uh, provide you like 50 examples and uh, you should choose uh, from any of it because in that case you may have uh, anxiety because you don't know what is the correct option and uh, what should you do and because you don't know what is the 100% correct option in that case you would have anxiety and because of having anxiety you would have even more anxiety and so this loop continues going on and on and on and so essentially, uh, what minimalism provides, the minimalism provides you with only necessary things, with only crucial things for your life, and so by doing that, you actually reduce stressors in your life, because for a lot of people, stressors are a uh, big amount 
of things that they need to choose from. So, for example, such people as uh, Mark Zuckerberg, you may you may heard of him uh, as the Facebook uh, one of the Facebook creators. He essentially chooses what he wears for a long period of time before. And so right now you can see him uh, wearing almost the same things. So they, so they don't, so he don't have to choose every single day what to wear. So it reduces stressors, it reduces choices to be made, and by reducing choices, it reduces stress. And so mental health uh, only benefits from that. Of course, next point on the reasons why minimalism became popular in recent years is social media influence. Because platforms like Instagram have popularized minimalist aesthetics with influencers and bloggers showcasing their simple, pared-down lifestyles, and this has led to a broader cultural interest in minimalism. Of course, there are tons of beautiful pictures on Pinterest, there are tons of beautiful pictures on uh, Instagram, and essentially it all looks very appealing to a usual person, because uh, we are looking for something aesthetically pleasing, and so essentially the algorithms provide us with something of what we find aesthetically pleasing. So either you are minimalist, maximalist, or you would like some type of different aesthetics, like gothic aesthetic or something like childish aesthetic uh, with everything uh, fluffy, punky, and so on. Uh, it doesn't matter. The thing is that uh, in any case, algorithm will provide you with the images you look at the most, and uh, it can be found... Uh, pretty easily by uh, by your likes, by what how much time do you spend on certain images, on what is common between images you, sp you spend the most time on. So essentially you can train your feed, your recommendations feed uh, quite uh, easily by simply looking and choosing the images which you really enjoy looking at. And so a lot of people actually enjoy the minimalism aesthetics and uh, essentially when it was COVID times and when we were staying at home for a long period of time, in that case, lots of people actually were interested in desk setups, because lots of people didn't have any desk setups at home, because obviously you do not need any desk setup when you're working not from home. And uh, obviously, once again, and obviously once again, is that people uh, were actually passionate. Lots of people were passionate about the desk setups, about their computer, about having the best keyboard possible, about having the best mic, about having the perfect cable management. And so these... Uh, photos, these videos about uh, such types of aesthetics, they simply strive, and uh, as far as we know, if something is trending, then it would uh, only increase the amount of uh, content about the certain thematics which is trending. So essentially, a lot of uh, if someone creates a trend, then the trend uh, grows and grows, and the amount of content about the subject of the trend will grow like exponentially for over time. Uh, and so that's why social media influence actually has uh, made lots of people think about minimalism and such, uh, for example, YouTubers as Matt Diavella, who is uh, considering himself a minimalist, and okay, I can agree with that, but the thing is that uh, such people who are showing quite good uh, picture uh, on the YouTube, they are showing uh, how minimalism can actually look like, that it's not very... Uh, awful that you do not have uh, anything and you only have to live with uh, like with one pair of t-shirt and that's not true and they and so it uh, social media and YouTube they are actually reducing the myths about minimalism so it actually made makes minimalism more appealing to a usual person and also last reason for minimalism becoming popular is financial concerns because uh, economic inequality has grown. 
Many people have turned to minimalism as a way to live more uh, frugally and reduce their reliance on consumerism. Because obviously, in minimalism, you are spending less money on less things because you are buying only what is necessary. And when you are buying, you are spending more time on choosing what you will buy, uh, considering quality over quantity. So essentially, you wouldn't buy, uh, let's say, a thousand keyboards, a thousand cheapy, crappy keyboards, but you will buy one keyboard that will work like great for like a decade or so. Because uh, doing that, you will actually spend less money in total, so less money uh, combined, but you will spend more money in the in one moment. But uh, still, talking about financial concerns, it uh, actually works, and it works pretty good. Also, one of the questions which appears for lots of people when they are researching for different lifestyles is how does minimalism differ from any other lifestyle movements? So, first of all, you do not need to buy something to start. You need to get rid of something. And that's actually quite an uh, interesting concept, because uh, in a lot of different movements, uh, like uh, eco-activism, like eco-activity movement, about, uh, if we're talking about maximalist movement, you actually need to buy something, you need to get rid of uh, something old and to, and to buy something new, and it's a little bit stressful, you need to... Uh, spend some money to spend some resources on uh, changing uh, the objects which you already have. But if we're talking about minimalism, you can start minimalism from scratch. Like, if you have nothing, that's perfect, you're a minimalist. If you have lots of uh, stuff, then get rid of the stuff. And getting rid of the stuff, it's much easier than uh, buying something or changing one stuff for another stuff. Next thing is uh, anti-consumerism, because uh, while some lifestyle movements may still emphasize consumption and materialism, minimalism is uh, explicitly anti-consumerist. So it encourages people to question the need of material possessions and prioritize experiences and relationships instead. So that actually makes minimalism much more appealing to lots of people, because you are focusing on your experiences, you are not focusing on your material possessions, and uh, it actually creates uh, quite a good atmosphere and uh, it uh, gives you much more good experiences which you will actually remember. Because uh, as the practice shows, you wouldn't remember what type of iPhone you had like in the year 2008. Uh, it would, you would only remember where you have uh, gone in the year 2008, like your vacation. It would remember some nice trips, some nice field trips, some... Uh, some trip to another state, to, to another country, and so essentially you will remember experiences and not your possessions. Also, the same goes with the relationship, you will remember with who you, who you were the most uh, contacted with uh, when it was the certain year, and you will not remember what type of genes you were that day. Also, the next point is individuality. Because while many lifestyle movements have uh, a perceptive one-size-fits-all approach, Minimalism encourages individuals to tailor the lifestyle to their own needs and priorities. Because, um, as we will talk a little bit later, if we're talking about minimalism, uh, minimalism actually emphasizes you to choose what is uh, your concern, like what you are doing the most. So if you are like a graphic designer, then in that case, having a lot of possessions, different kinds of graphic tablets, different types, uh, of canvases, different types of colors, it's, uh, it's a logical thing. Like, you leave all of this uh, non-minimalist uh, variety of stuff, which you already have, and you get rid of other stuff, which is not essential for your life. So, uh, talking about the same colors, canvases, and graphical templates, 
if we're talking about some student, like uh, like let's say let's talk about me, who haven't drawn for a very big uh, for a very very long period of time, and uh, the material stuff such as canvases, graphical tablets, and so on, it's not a logical thing for me to have because I don't use it so often. It's not essential for my well-being. It's not essential for my work because I don't work in that sphere, and so that's why it's not logical thing to keep. So you get rid of it. Also, the next point is, uh, as we have told before, that's uh, environmentalism, because minimalism is often associated with environmentalism, as reducing consumption and waste is a key part of the lifestyle, and also you will find lots of um, minimalists actually uh, going green, so um, using uh, multi-use bags uh, and uh, going zero waste, because it's much easier and it's much more appealing for you and a logical thing to do if you are going minimal, so... Uh, you would like to have less material possessions, which is not essential for you, and to leave only what's really necessary. And so in that case, uh, going uh, green and going zero waste is a very logical thing, because uh, you do not need uh, to have lots of useless stuff, such as like a bag with bags, like one-time use bags, uh, when you can have only one turtle, which you will actually use for a very, very long period of time. Also, next point, uh, which uh, correlates with the points which were told why the actual minimalism is uh, much more popular, that's mindfulness. And uh, minimalism places a strong emphasis on mindfulness and uh, intentionality, encouraging people to be present in the moment and focus on what truly matters. And also, last but not least, uh, minimalism is quite a simplistic way of doing things, because while many lifestyle movements advocate for a simpler way of living, Minimalism tanks this to an extreme and uh, emphasizes the elimination of anything that is not essential for you, leaving you with the less stuff but with stuff which you are actually using. And right now let's talk about benefits, about minimalism, about going to minimalistic type of living. So the first question is, what are the main benefits of, of living a minimalistic lifestyle? So first of all, that would be reduced stress, because minimal minimalistic lifestyle can reduce stress by eliminating clutter and distractions in your home, in your mind. That also can be applied to digital minimalism, which essentially states that you need only the essential applications on your phone, you only need to use the essential services and to use as little as possible. So essentially not to have uh, lots of subscriptions, uh, for example, both on Spotify and Apple Music, not to have uh, lots of uh, useless subscriptions, not to have lots of useless apps, as for example, app for intermittent fasting, keeping in mind that you do not intermittent fast like at all. So uh, it uh, takes uh, your digital space and also creates minimal workspace for you to work, obviously, and also it creates a space where all of the apps, all of the services which are available to you are the apps and services which you really are using. Next point in this, uh, and the answer to this question is increased focus, because with fewer possessions and commitments to manage, you can focus on what's truly important and achieve greater clarity and productivity. Here the, can be also told the same example as I have told before, with limited amount of choice left. So you choose right now what you need to do with your life, what you need to do with your digital space, and so the focus is increased because you do not have to choose in which of the apps do you need to enter this note, as for example with the note, so you have Google Notes, you have Notion, you have Obsidian, you have um, something else, let's say uh, Apple Notes, you have Google Keep and so on, and essentially you have to choose in which note to enter. So when you choose to leave only one note, only one 
type of node, so let's say one node or let's say Apple node, in that case you are increased in focus because you do not need to think about such stuff. Next point is greater financial freedom because by reducing consumption and living more regularly, you can save money and achieve greater financial freedom. So that's pretty obvious because when you consume less, you have more money to spend. Next point, environmental benefits, the same as I have told before, because by reducing consumption, uh, obviously is reduced based, and, and minimalist lifestyle can have a positive impact on the environment and contribute to more sustainable future. And also, as I have told before, there are lots of people who have started from minimalism and then have transferred to like zero waste because it's a logical thing to do. Next point is improved physical health, because uh, a minimalist lifestyle can improve physical health by reducing exposure to toxins and origins in your environment, because you are choosing quality over quantity. Next point is enhanced mental health, because by prioritizing experiences and relationships over material possessions, a minimalist lifestyle can improve mental health and foster greater contentment and happiness. Next point, increased creativity. A minimalist lifestyle can promote creativity by encouraging you to find innovative solutions to problems and to think outside the box. Because obviously when you have less tools to work with, you can, you should create some new types of uh, approaches in order to do another task. So let's say, for example, you have only one laptop. So obviously, logically, you do not need lots of computers in your home. So you have only one laptop, but you need two screens. So what you can do? So what do you need to do? So you can connect uh, an iPad to your notebook. You can connect your notebook, uh, your laptop to a projector and so on. So it creates uh, a positive atmosphere for you to create some innovative solutions uh, without spending more money on the problem. Next point is more free time, and uh, with fewer possessions and commitments to manage, you may find that uh, you have more free time to pursue hobbies, like spend uh, time with loved ones, or simply like uh, relax and recharge, because uh, it actually limits the amount of time spent on uh, useless choices, as I have uh, said, for example, what to wear. So essentially, minimalists, a lot of minimalists are actually preferring to wear some type of standard wardrobe, so they have the same t-shirt, like uh, 15 pieces, because they don't need to choose what to wear. They like uh, this t-shirt, they like this, uh, this color, they, they like this fabric, and so they only go with it, because uh, why should they choose anything else? So that obviously, <laughs> that obviously brings you more free time. But talking next, and the next is actually an increased points and more broadly increased points about physical and mental health. So how can minimalism improve your physical and mental health? The same as I have told before, it's reduced stress and anxiety, because minimalism can reduce stress and anxiety by eliminating clutter and distractions in your home and in your mind. A simplified, it creates simplified organized environment that can help promote calmness and relaxation, because when you are not surrounded by lots of stuff, then obviously you are much more calmer. The next point, improved in the same as before, improved focus and productivity, because with fewer possessions and commitments to manage, you can focus on what's truly important for you. So next point, better sleep, because minimalist bedroom free of clutter and distractions can promote better sleep by creating a more peaceful and restful environment. 
Uh, next point, the greater contentment and happiness, because by prioritizing experiences and relationships over material possessions, the same as I have told before, minimalist lifestyle can improve mental health and foster greater contentment and happiness. More physical activity also is uh, very often associated with uh, minimalism, because minimalism can encourage physical activity by promoting outdoor activities such as hiking, biking and so on. So essentially, you, when you are uh, prioritizing your experiences over material stuff, then you're obviously doing more new things instead of buying more new things. So essentially, it tends to make you more physically active. Next point is, of course, improved nutrition, because minimalism can promote healthy eating habits by encouraging the consumption of whole and processed foods and so on and so on. But the main point is that you are choosing quality over quantity. So that's why improved nutrition is uh, quite logical. Thing to do. And last but not least, better indoor air quality, because minimalist lifestyle can improve indoor air quality by reducing the number of household products and synthetic materials in your home. Here, as you have uh, maybe understand, it is also interconnected. So environmentalism is interconnected with, min with minimalism, minimalism is also interconnected with healthy eating, with the active lifestyle, it's also interconnected uh, with you uh, taking care more about yourself, about your loved ones, so essentially when you are not concentrating on uh, some consumerism, on some material stuff, in that case you are spending more time with yourself, with your loved ones, and you are trying to make this time more qualitative. Next point, and uh, next point which is uh, obviously uh, very interconnected with, minimal with minimalism, and that's environmental benefits. So what are the environmental benefits of minimalism? First of all, that's reducing waste and zero waste policy for lots of minimalists because minimalism can help reduce waste by promoting the use of reusable items and uh, reducing consumption of disposable products. Next point is conserving resources because by consuming less and living more frugally, minimalism can help conserve natural resources such as water, energy and raw materials. Very logical thing to do. The next point is decreasing carbon footprint, because by reducing consumption and living a more simple and sustainable lifestyle, minimalism can help reduce greenhouse gas emissions and mitigate the effects of climate change. Of course, next point would be promoting ethical consumerism, because minimalism encourages people to become more mindful of the products they buy, including where they buy, who they buy from, how were these products made, and the impact on the environment and society. So also, uh, in minimalism encourages recycling and upcycling, so it promotes uh, recycling and uh, upcycling by encouraging people to reproduce or donate items they do not longer need rather than throwing them away. And also, fostering a sense of environmental responsibility by reducing consumption and waste, minimalism can foster a greater sense of environmental responsibility and encourage people to take action to protect the planet. So essentially, if we're talking about uh, environmentalism and if we're talking about going green, you can uh, see that uh, lots of countries in European Union and essentially it's European Union policy to go green, to recycle, to uh, they are promoting ethical consumerism and uh, instead of uh, the path which uh, is uh, United States for example are going to, um, the, we are not uh, we are not buying more, we are more concentrated on buying more qualitative goods. So that's why on buying less. So that's why, for example, you can see that uh, for the same, let's say, electronic goods, you have, uh, in best case scenario, one year warranty from the uh, producer, fr from the factory on your electronic devices. 
while uh, in European Union it's stated by law that all of the electronic devices should mandatory have two-year warranty. So you are buying your devices for a longer period of time because uh, you do not need to replace them when they broke. Of course, lots of people are buying new devices not when they are broken, but uh, when they want to. That's another question, that's another problem, but the main idea is that European Union are doing much more for the environmental benefits and also if you would remember how uh, the minimalism, uh, how the minimalistic uh, actually uh, apartment is called, so it's a Nordic, uh, Nordic type of uh, apartment, Nordic style, so actually Norway, Sweden and Finland are one, uh, were one of the first countries that have promoted such type of design in the industrial design. But uh, every positive side also has uh, minuses, so downsides. So, disadvantages of minimalism. Disadvantages of minimalism, there will be much less than advantages, but still there are some. First of all, that would be difficulty letting go of possessions, because for some people it can be obviously difficult to let go of possessions even if they no longer serve a purpose or bringing joy. Letting go of sentimental items in particular can be challenging. So that's why I suppose that you should uh, start slow, you shouldn't uh, throw out the half of your apartment, like start from one room, get rid of one useless thing at a time, at a day, so by doing that you would go to the right direction and so it would be much easier. Next point is initial cost, because adopting a minimalist lifestyle may require an initial investment, such as purchasing high quality, long lasting items or investing in organizational tools. But it's uh, not mandatory thing, so it's optional thing, because in order to start the minimalistic lifestyle, you do not need to buy anything. You can simply reuse, for example, plastic bags. I know it sounds like ill, but the thing is that you can reuse the stuff which you have already used before, or you can uh, stop buying the things which are uh, one-time use only, so like uh, using towels instead of paper towels, for example. So. Initial cost, it may be here, uh, the same as uh, in any type of lifestyle, if you'd like to accumulate some, but the point is that initial cost here is much lower than in uh, any other lifestyle. Next point is uh, limited options, because living a minimalistic lifestyle may require giving up on certain conveniences or luxuries, uh, for example such as large wardrobe or a home with multiple rooms, because uh, that's what lots of people think, but if you are, if that thing is uh, crucial for you. If uh, this uh, large wardrobe uh, or home with multiple rooms brings, brings you joy, in that case you may leave it. The main point is to get rid of stuff which no longer serves a purpose or brings you joy. So in that case I can tell you that if you have like 12 wardrobes with the same clothes in each one of them, then it's logical thing to do is to get rid of 11 of them because obviously only one is serving the purpose. If you have home with multiple rooms, like the same 12 rooms, but you are using only four of them, then it's a logical thing to do to get rid of the rest of them because they're not serving purpose or uh, these rooms are not bringing you joy. So it's just uh, a place to storage some furniture, then like it's useless, like get rid of them. It's not about uh, limiting yourself in something you really enjoy doing, it's limiting yourself in the stuff which is really useless and to be concentrating only on necessary stuff. Next point would be 
Exponent of the disadvantages of minimalism would be social pressure, because living a minimalist lifestyle may also go against societal norms or expectations, which can lead to pressure or criticism from others. But still, here, I have the same with uh, any other type of lifestyle, any type uh, of uh, society you want to be in. It's all about your group. So be connected with people who are also trying to be minimalist in their lifestyle. And so simply uh, change the the environment you live in because uh, if you are so, if you are surrounded by toxic people who do not uh, understand what you are doing and that's why they are criticizing you, uh, that's a toxic environment for you. So maybe you should consider changing this type of environment. Next point, and that's very crucial by the way, and that's risk of oversimplification. Because while minimalism can be useful too for simplifying one's life, it also can lead to oversimplified approach that ignores the complexity and nuances of life. That's the point what I have talked about a little bit before, and that's letting go of the possessions which no longer serve purpose or bring you joy. So essentially, you should think whether this uh, material stuff actually brings you joy and whether it serves its purpose as it's supposed to. And uh, not, do not just uh, get rid of some stuff because you can. I know it can be very easily done because obviously when you start to decluttering you can uh, go very far with it. You can uh, leave just uh, three t-shirts, uh, one pair of pants uh, and underwear and like I'm okay with that. In theory, yes, but you still need, uh, f for example, clothes for other occasions, something formal, because even if uh, you are not going formal every single day, but still you will need to go formal someday, for example. So that's why it's not a logical thing to do to get rid of, uh, let's say, for example, some type of suit or some type of nice shirt. So that's the problem of uh, oversimplification, because here you should think, and that's why, why it is a good idea to get rid of one stuff at a day, because if you are getting rid of only one possession at a time, in that case you are able to think about uh, what you are getting rid of, whether it is a good thing to get rid of. And by the way, one of the good examples, uh, one of the good experiments uh, which can be done, one with practices by the way, uh, what can be done if you are getting rid of stuff, it's actually putting some stuff which you suppose you do not need, which you do not enjoy, which doesn't longer serve its purpose, to a box and putting this box somewhere let's say in the attic like for some time and if you at some period of time uh, let's say two weeks and if you during this two week period of time if you do not remember what was in that box uh, if you do not need some stuff from that box in that case after two weeks you can simply throw it away because if you are not working if you do not need this stuff from this box which you suppose uh, is useless for you right now which do not bring you joy so in that case simply get rid of it because otherwise you will have lots of lots of uh, useful stuff thrown out and that's uh, the problem of oversimplification and next point which also is quite important and that's lack of variety or stimulation because living a minimalist lifestyle may limit the amount of variety or stimulation in one's environment, and which can be challenging for some people. And that's the thing what uh, lots of people, and me included, have met when uh, I was trying, for example, to go minimalist, because uh, I really enjoy lots of stuff. And uh, I enjoy lots of stuff, and, that's, and uh, I use it as a stimuli in order to stimulate my dopamine system, so in order to get me joy. 
So that's why uh, it, that is quite difficult for me to get rid of a lot of stuff because uh, some of the things uh, brings me nostalgia. Some of the things are sentimental. Some of the things mm, are quite useful. And so then at the end of the day, I live with lots of stuff because I can throw away lots of stuff which actually brings me uh, good uh, memories and some good emotions. So that is the problem, and uh, one of the uh, one of the ideas on how you can uh, overcome that is, for example, to make a digital photo of every single sentimental thing which you have in your possession right now, like postcards and so on, and throw them away. So this possession will be somewhere on your phone, will be somewhere on your cloud as a digital photo. It will not take some space, and if you will if you will feel sometime nostalgic. In that case, you can go to see this photo of this sentimental or nostalgic thing. In other case, this stuff doesn't serve its purpose. So that's why it, uh, how, it's one of the ideas how it can be done. And now going to the most interesting part of the episode, and that's incorporating minimalism into your everyday life. So the question which I will be answering right now is how can you start incorporating minimalism into your daily routine? So number one will be declutter your space. So begin by decluttering your living space, including your home, office, car. Donate or sell any items that you no longer need or use and organize what remain in a neat and functional way. Next point would be to be mindful with your purchases. So before making a purchase, ask yourself whether the item is necessary and will truly add value to your life. So consider whether it's something you will use regularly and for a long period of time, or whether it aligns with your values and priorities. Next point would be simplify your wardrobe. Consider reducing your wardrobe to only the items that you truly love and wear regularly. This can make it easier to get dressed each day and reduce decision fatigue. And also it can decrease, by the way, decision anxiety. And next point would be cut back on media consumption. So, for example, try reducing the amount of time you spend on social media and other forms of digital media, because this can help you focus on what's truly important and reduce stress and anxiety. The same as I have told before. Next point would be prioritize experiences over possessions. So, instead of accumulating more possessions, focus on experiences and relationships. So, spend more time with loved ones, engage in meaningful activities, and prioritize, of course, self-care. And last but not least is gratitude. So practice gratitude, cultivate a sense of gratitude for what you have rather than focusing on what you don't have. And this can help foster uh, contentment and reduce the desire for material possessions. And uh, I suppose that's very basic tips, but number one would be always declutter stuff and uh, think about what you are buying and whether it would bring value to your daily life. So right now, what's uh, much more useful for you will be, and that's tips for decluttering your home and workspace. First point, you should always start with a plan. So make a list of areas you want to declutter and set a timeline for completing each one. Because first of all, it will help you to stay more focused and it will help you to stay motivated. So for example, I'm decluttering right now my desk and I will spend no longer than one week on it. So it, bring, it, it gives me a deadline, so essentially I know that uh, I should go to another area uh, in my apartment over some time, and also it uh, tells me where I should be looking instead of hello, you should declutter your apartment, start wherever you'd like and however you'd like. So essentially you will spend an infinite, infinite amount of time and uh, you will never get it obviously done. 
Next point would be to use the KonMari method, which involves decluttering by category rather than by location. So, for example, start with clothing, then move to the books, to the papers, to miscellaneous items, to sentimental items, and so on. The same as I have told before, you start by some specific location and you give yourself a deadline when you should make all of this stuff done. And that will uh, give you some time to do this stuff and uh, you wouldn't have to look to other areas of your life and you, so your focus, your attention will be spent only on one specific group, on one specific item in this group. Next point is to be honest with yourself. So ask yourself whether each item brings you actually joy or serves a useful purpose. If not, consider donating or selling it, the same as I have told before. The main idea here is for, your, for material stuff to bring you good emotions, to be joyful, to be useful. In other ways, it's just uh, cluttering the space around you. Also, one of the ideas how lots of people, for example, start using minimalism is to use the one-in-one-out rule. So for every item you bring into your home or workspace, you should get rid of one item you no longer need or use. So in that case, you will not be accumulating lots of clutter and also it uh, makes your consumerism more meaningful and more mindful because you are always thinking that, uh, for example, I'm buying my, I'm buying a new camera. So what should I get rid of in order to buy a new camera? Not because I don't have money, but because I need to get rid of something because I shouldn't like, I wouldn't uh, prefer to uh, accumulate lots of useless stuff around me. So for example, I'm buying a new camera, I will get rid of my old iPad, which I don't use and which I forgot where the charger was. For example, this idea can also work. Next point is to use storage solutions. So storage solutions such as some shelves, beans, baskets, to keep the items organized and easily accessible. And also, by the way, labeling containers can be very useful. And also, if you're talking about minimalism, it brings a very good image to your apartment when everything is sorted, when everything is uh, standing at its specific place and when there is no, uh, like, lots of, for example, clothes on your armchair near your bed, just because uh, you wouldn't like to organize it. Next point is to create designated spaces. It also inter interconnected with the search solutions. So essentially you are creating designated spaces for specific items. So for example, uh, junk drawer for miscellaneous items or a specific shelf for specific books. For, so, for example, this shelf would be for books for my professional life, these books will be just entertainment, and these books would be the books which I have bought and have never read. So, creating designated spaces, you know where to put an item if you bring a new one to your home. Next point would be digitizing documents. So, digitizing important documents to reduce clutter and make easier access. And also, uh, it goes, uh, for example, for notes, because if you're studying, uh, you most probably will have lots of lots of paper notes if you're going uh, like paper note-taking method. And it's really hard to search through these notes because uh, there is no Ctrl F or Command F uh, combination of buttons where you can put the word and it uh, looks for you for this specific word. So that's why like, keeping digital notes may be quite a good idea. And also the similar thing can be uh, done with the sentimental items, as I have told before with the postcards. Just make a photo of the postcard and get rid of it. First of all, you will get rid of the clutter, which you do not use regularly. 
and if you would like to search for something, it would be much easier to find it because you know that it should be somewhere in the gallery. So you know that it would be somewhere over there that uh, during specific months you were getting rid of the postcards, for example, and you are looking for this specific postcard. So essentially you are having the same similar emotions, but without useless clutter around your house. And last but not least would be taking breaks, because decluttering can be overwhelming. So taking breaks and rewarding yourself for progress made may be quite a good idea. Because of course, when we start doing something, at first we are motivated, we would like to do everything uh, at once, but then we are like feeling overwhelmed, we, are, we can feel anxiety, so that's why starting slow is quite an important thing to do if we are talking about anything and especially if you are, if we're talking about transferring to minimalism so the next question which i would like to ask is how to embrace minimalism without sacrificing functionality or style so that uh, question would be uh, very very actual for people who have a large wardrobe for example uh, or who have uh, like me lots of tech around you so what to do if you would like to transfer to minimalism? So first of all, that would be investing in high quality functional items. So when making purchases, you should focus on quality over quantity. Same as I told before. So choose items that serve a useful purpose and are well made and durable. So this can help you to avoid clutter and reduce the need for frequent replacements. So obviously shopping in a, like local craft store instead of AliExpress even though it's uh, more expensive, it can be a logical thing to do because uh, the stuff from AliExpress will serve you, let's say, a couple of months and the stuff from the local craft shop may serve you for more and more years. Next choice is to choose versatile pieces. So look for versatile pieces that can serve multiple functions or be used in different settings. So this can help you to reduce the amount of stuff you need uh, to own. And at the same time, it uh, will be still maintaining functionality and style. So for example, what I have done for, um, for myself is I have bought projector, so instead of TV, because I'm using this projector both for uh, gaming, uh, like for example, as a TV, and also at the same time, I'm using this projector as the third screen for my main PC setup. So when I need a third screen, I'm simply projecting it to the nearby wall. So, and obviously I have another screen. So two birds, one stone. Next point, and that's more to, uh, is about design, and that's prioritizing neutral colors and simple patterns, because it can help you to create a clean and timeless look and that is both functional and stylish, and also it can help you to avoid trends and maintain cohesive aesthetics. So essentially what I was talking about before, this Nordic style in apartments, it is timeless, it is very easy to maintain, and also at the same time, there is no some trendy stuff which is trendy right now, and after a month, you should simply throw it away. So it's not a waste of money, it's investing into something timeless, into something that serves you for a longer period of time. Next point is optimizing storage solutions. And uh, for example, effective storage solutions can help you to maintain a clutter-free space, while still having everything you need within reach. So the same shelves, baskets, storage bins. And also keep in mind that there are lots of shelves, for example, which are designed uh, to put, let's say, books into two rows. This is not the shelf which we want to have in our apartment. Why? Because uh, we do not see what is located in the second row behind the first row of the books. 
so that's not logical thing so prioritize to the stuff where everything is uh, like at the glance and where everything is accessible to you because you wouldn't remember what is located after the first row and so that's why it is just a clutter which is located over there so consider uh, considering and good storage solutions is also a priority also next point to consider is the capsule wardrobe so capsule wardrobe is a collection of essential uh, clothing items that can be mixed and matched to create a variety of outfits so first of all it will simplify your wardrobe while still maintaining stylish and functional look and second thing, it also reduces the anxiety what's, uh, what goes uh, with the, these pants, for example. So you can simply take everything, like uh, any shirt, you can take any pants, uh, any boots, and you will look okay, you will, you will look stylish without any anxiety. So that's simply amazing. Next point is to focus on experiences over possessions. So rather than accumulating more possessions, focus on experiences and activities that bring joy and fulfillment. So, this can help you to reduce the desire for material possessions while also still maintaining a fulfilling lifestyle. And if we're talking about minimalism, we are talking about experiences and relationships over possessions. So now I suppose you understand how to become a minimalist for essential steps, and right now I would like to talk to you about obstacles and how to overcome obstacles to minimalism. So, the first and the most important obstacle that you would meet, that would be emotional attachment to possessions. Because many people find it difficult to let go of possessions due to sentimental value or emotional attachment. So, it can be difficult to separate memories or emotions from physical objects, and that's why I would highly recommend you to go digital with these uh, emotional possessions. So, just let it go if you do not need it. So, the same with the postcards, make a photo, the same goes with some meaningful gifts which are pretty useless. Just make a photo and go away. Next point would be societal pressure and consumer culture. So, because society often encourages us to accumulate possessions and measure success based on material possessions, uh, consumer culture uh, also can make it difficult to resist uh, the constant urge to buy more. So that's why here comes the strategy one in one out. When you buy one thing, you get rid of other thing. And the next obstacle to the minimalism can be fear of scarcity. So the fear of not having enough, uh, that can lead people to hold onto possessions even when they no longer serve a useful purpose. So here I can only tell you that my strategic right here would be just to have a look that I can buy anything I'd like on Amazon. So essentially when I think that I would like to buy, let's say, third monitor, even though I don't need one, I just go to Amazon or some internet shop and I can see that I can buy anything I'd like with the, let's say, seven day delivery. So, and that's like, okay, I can buy it, but I don't need it right now. So that's um, some type of uh, uh, cheat code in order to get rid of fear of scarcity. Also, there is a difficulty letting go of just-in-case items, so people often hold onto items just-in-case, they might need them in future, even if the likelihood of that need arising is low. Uh, here the thing is that um, I try to evaluate like more logically, so uh, if this just-in-case item is a suit, like, okay, let it leave, one suit is okay. But if uh, this just-in-case is the whole wardrobe, then, you know, it's pretty useful, like, choose one, choose the quality over quantity and leave the quality items for just in case and not quantity items just in case. Next point would be lack of time and energy. 
Decluttering and simplifying can be time-consuming and require a lot of energy, which can be, by the way, pretty difficult to find in our busy lives, and that's why I'd highly recommend you to set deadlines, because without deadlines, this decluttering and this transferring to minimalism can uh, take all of your time you would provide it. And uh, last but not least would be overwhelm, because the task of decluttering can feel overwhelming, leading to procrastination or avoidance. So that's why the same as before, set up a deadline for yourself to complete, because otherwise you would spend all the time you do not have. Also, it's important to remember that everyone's journey towards minimalism is different, and there is no right or wrong way to go about it. So that's why overcoming these obstacles may require time, patience and self-reflection, but starting small and focusing on the benefits of a minimalist lifestyle can help you stay motivated and overcome these obstacles. And by the way, one of the very good indicators which I have found for myself personally on when I was decluttering is uh, what percent of your belongings will you take with you if there is need to relocate to another country. So obviously you will not take uh, your whole apartment, you would sell uh, the most of your furniture, you would sell or give away or throw away lots of your stuff and you will take only the stuff you need. So that's why I suppose that uh, this indicator is a, is a very good thing to attach yourself to. So let's imagine that you are relocating to another lifestyle and so that's why you consider it to be a relocation and that and then uh, this decluttering stuff will go much more easily so uh the answer to the question on how to overcome these obstacles which i have told you before so first of all would be start small so rather than trying to declutter your entire apartment at once so like start with small area or a category of items so like a single drawer or closet um, this can help you to feel less over overwhelming and task more manageable, so that's why you will have less procrastination around it. Next point would be to create a plan, because uh, setting realistic goals and create a plan for achieving them is a pretty logical thing to do, and it will help you to stay motivated and focused on your minimalism journey. Also, uh, finding a support system is... Uh, a very good idea as well, because connecting with others who are also interested in minimalism can provide a sense of community and support, as well as the opportunity to share tips and resources. So, the same as with anything in your life, like finding a support system is uh, one of the most important stuff for you to do in order to keep uh, motivated for a long period of time. And also, one of the most important things would be to embrace imperfection, because minimalism is a journey, not a destination, and so that's why embracing the imperfections and setbacks that come with the process and focus on the progress you've made rather than perfection. And same as before, remember that minimalism is a personal journey that uh, one stuff that works for one person may not work for another, so that's why be patient, be compassionate with yourself as you navigate the obstacles and stay committed to your goals. So I hope I got you interested in the subject. For further research into minimalism, I would highly recommend you Matt the Avela's YouTube channel, the series of videos dedicated to minimalism, and if we're talking about something to read, here is the top 10 books about minimalism, there will be listed in the description to the episode on Spotify and Apple Podcast and Google Podcast as well, so feel free to go there. I would say that one of the most interesting books for me were Digital Minimalism Choosing a Focused Life in a Nosy World by Cal Newport, and also Minimalism Live a Meaningful Life by Joshua Fields, Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus. So the rest of the books can be found, as I said before, in the description to the podcast. 
And that's it for me. Thank you for listening. And I hope to see you here next time. And by the way, consider subscribing and leaving five star rating on Spotify. And as always, see you next time.